Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, yikes. It was not a good return in Raleigh as the Red Raiders suffered their first loss of the year. What did we learn about the team? What are they? What are they not? We'll discuss coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I'm Casey Cowan, and it's the morning after report as the Red Raiders fall in Raleigh, North Carolina, 27-14. to 14. Uh, Plenty to like, plenty to dislike about this ball game, but of course, chief among those things that are frustrating is the notion that uh, you were firing some of your bullets into your own foot. Don't want to take any credit away from North Carolina State and the plays that they were able to make. Definitely a good football team, really stout defense, though the same I think can be said now uh, for the Red Raiders to some degree is both offenses really stymied in a great way. Uh, Devin Leary certainly statistically uh, not inhabiting the space that he is accustomed to, but matters very little as uh, the Red Raiders come up well short, 27-14. to 14. We see Donovan Smith essentially benched at one point in the game. Baron Morton gets some time on the field. And the Red Raiders now look ahead to opening up conference play as the University of Texas comes to Lubbock. Let's take a listen real quick before we dive into head coach Joey McGuire as heard with Chris Level post-game on the Texas Tech Sports Network from Learfield Sports. These guys fight their butts off, man. I mean, there wasn't a time that they didn't feel like they were going to come back. There wasn't a time that, you know, uh, I thought defensively we uh, put them in just, and Coach DeRuiter and that crew in some tough situations. And I think they kept fighting. Um, you know, I think they made plays. Um, you know, they, we, we early in the game, we kept us in the game because we held them to field goals instead of giving up touchdowns. Um, you know, we did give up a couple of cheap ones on, on – uh, some trick plays, but again, we were trying to be really aggressive because you know we didn't have as many possessions left in the game. So it was we were trying to create some turnovers or try to get them out of a situation where they were going to have to punt us the football. No question. I think one of those things you did like about the ball game, and we saw this last week against Houston here in Lubbock, but saw it again in Raleigh last night, was the tenacity of the team, the perseverance that was on display. I think led chiefly by those guys on the defensive side of the football under defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter. But you did see that fight continue to be there for Texas Tech as you're hoping they'll continue to be what seemed to kind of develop into a tough-minded sort of culture under Matt Wells, even though there were plenty of things not to like uh, about what was going on under the previous regime. I felt like there were tougher football teams, tougher-minded football teams under Matt Wells than there were under his predecessor. And so was hoping that would really continue under Joey McGuire and uh, be built upon even further. And I think we can say at minimum at this time that it is at least continuing because, boy, you took some big momentum shots early in the game in Raleigh. And doing that in front of a sold-out crowd on the road is always a bad idea. But, you know, back to those frustrating things, those self-inflicted wounds, chief among them, uh, right out of the gates, the muffed punt by Drew Hocutt. So not a good look there. And right out of the gates, you put your defense in a short yardage situation. 
short field situation, I should say. And props to them for essentially winning that battle and uh, holding the offense to a field goal. And we would see that repeat a few more times throughout the night. I think there were clearly points at which Texas Tech was in a position trying to play catch up. So defensively, you got to be a little bit more aggressive and it allows the opportunities like we saw for North Carolina State uh, to try to do some clever things. And a couple of those clever things uh, wound up with points for the Wolfpack. We'll head back to uh, head coach Joey McGuire, who is describing essentially that kind of thing. The the pressure you feel when you're behind the eight ball so early on trying to play catch up and then what that forces you to kind of have to do on both sides of the ball and gives the opposing team, of course, the advantage of possibly taking advantage of those situations. Here's Coach McGuire on the Texas Tech Sports Network from Learfield Sports. When you go through the time, uh, you, you're you're going to run out of time. If you're down two scores, you're going to run out of time if you don't start pushing it right there. And so we're going to be aggressive. I mean, we're especially when you're in those situations where you're running out of time and they're going to end up being able to either run the ball out or you're not going to get a, two possessions to be able to get in the end zone. You're hoping for an onside kick or something like that. And so we're trying to get a possession right there and, and go down to score. You know, the margin for error for Texas Tech is going to be razor thin week in and week out. And that's without some of those uh, big plays for the opposition, like a takeaway, like a muffed punt, whatever it might be, whenever you're factoring in those things. And of course, the turnover column was once again full uh, for Texas Tech, unfortunately. And we saw another pick six thrown by Donovan Smith in just a bit of a bizarre situation. Kind of hard to fathom how that's what you come up with. Uh, in that situation and trying to convert a first down. So all the way around, I think offensively, not a whole lot to like. You didn't get much out of the receivers. You never could establish anything on the ground. Your offensive line kind of looked like your offensive line has looked, unfortunately, so far this season. Really hit or miss, really inconsistent. There were times where there were some clean pockets and some time for Donovan Smith uh, to process some things down the field. But, of course, uh, there were some of those valleys to go with those peaks as well for that group up front. Jacoby Jackson uh, gets his first, I guess, big moment for Texas Tech as he steps in with Weston Wright out of the mix. And we'll have to continue to kind of process this week exactly uh, the job done by Jacoby Jackson. But to me, he was not one of those uh, that was standing out as uh, a point of real weakness. So I was happy to see that uh, for the youngster, a guy who's got a lot of potential, no doubt about it, as it relates to the future. But Really just nothing doing offensively for Texas Tech for most of the night. And again, I think you can really point in just about all directions when trying to figure out uh, where the fault is going to lie. Some of those on the field, some of the positions you were in with offensive coordinator Zach Kitley, I thought were a bit bizarre. I think there's like a third, what was a fourth and three. You go for a quarterback sneak with an offensive line again who hadn't got a push uh, yet this season and you don't convert it. So early on in the year, obviously for every team in the country, there are some things that you're figuring out about yourselves as it relates to uh, what you can do, what you can't do. And I think that same thing can be said for offensive coordinators like Zach Kittley and uh, his offense. And really when you're thinking about what was what it looked like as far as the age discrepancy on the field, particularly with Texas Tech's offense going up against North Carolina State's defense, there was a real advantage there for the Wolfpack is they've got a bunch of guys with – uh, gray hair on on their side of the football and I think that showed out to a degree many times last night so uh, credits North Carolina State in many areas but obviously the Red Raiders uh, helping them along at some various points to make it happen and allow them to remain unbeaten and Texas Tech takes their first loss 
As for the quarterback situation, not exactly sure how to process what that conversation is going to be like uh, moving forward against Texas and just over the next few weeks. I think we had to kind of be reminded uh, in seeing what we saw last week against Houston um, and over the weekend against North Carolina State of why there was such a gulf seemingly between QB1 and then two and three. I think it has been discussed openly in some outlets. It's been discussed on Locked on Texas Tech that the quarterback conversation or competition conversation throughout the offseason was kind of orchestrated, finely tuned as far as what was publicly being discussed, I think, by head coach Joey McGuire. And to the team's benefit, I don't think there was anything wrong with it, but I think most would understand if you had any insight behind closed doors uh, that there was a clear separation. And for whatever the word competition is worth, it may have not so much been between one and two, but more so two and three. Uh, Tyler Shuck, the clear-cut guy seemingly throughout the offseason for a bevy of reasons, but obviously Tyler Shuck not available now. Still credit to Donovan Smith for uh, stepping in and facing the fire and making some winning plays last time around against the Houston Cougars. Hell, he was the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week last week, so we won't forget that so quickly. But I think you saw against the Wolfpack some of what uh, opposing teams are going to want to take advantage of whenever it comes to Donovan Smith. And we talked last week with regard to the Wolfpack defense that they were essentially made to confuse quarterbacks. And uh, obviously they were able to do that to their advantage against Donovan um, in Raleigh. I don't know necessarily, it's hard to process when you're watching on television, uh, what the quarterback might be seeing down the field. But I was a little bit surprised that when you saw so many uh, three-man rushes, guys sitting back, eight back, uh, trying to, to make the quarterback do something silly. I was a little surprised we didn't see Donovan Smith take off and, and use the feet a few more times uh, in various situations. I, I know that there's eight guys back there waiting on him, but it kind of seemed like maybe there could have been a four or five yarder uh, here or there. It was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? Was it a side of like maturity and progression? He wanted to continue to look down the field and not take off so quickly. You could probably approach it that way as well. But I just thought that was a little bit curious. But of course, uh, seeing what he saw, I did not. Um, I saw whatever ESPN2 had to offer up. want to credit the guts of Donovan Smith, but also have got to highlight the fact that it seems like processing what you're seeing across the field just does not happen quickly enough right now uh, for Donovan. And I think so many times when you get into the check down passes and some of the things that we saw with dumping it off there in the flat to the back or, or whatever it might be, if it happens a little earlier, uh, probably not a bad play. And again, maybe one of those where you can hit them for four, five, six, seven yards, whatever and uh, have a play that, that's going to be a productive play. But I think whenever sometimes you get to that check down point and the process has taken so long, well, by the time the, the the pass catcher is getting the ball in his hands, he's already got a DB or a linebacker uh, that's within a yard or, or in his face mask with him. So I think we saw that not work out all that well. I don't know that you're going to have any legitimate you know, type of call or consideration of changing the quarterback, but I'd have to say it's pretty much all up in the air at this point because uh, you went on the road and – you were not the better team. You were beaten by a better team. Uh, I do believe that. No question about it. But I thought you were good enough to cover the plus 10 and disappointed that you didn't do that. And I think without some of those self-inflicted wounds, uh, you probably do that. So whenever you're talking about living up to your potential, was that potential a no doubter you should have won this game? You were the better team. You gave it away. You let them off the hook. I don't see it that way. But I do see Texas Tech. Uh, putting themselves out of winning position whenever it comes to winning time in the fourth quarter, where maybe that game should have been a seven or 10 pointer as you're into the fourth quarter. It really was a much more lopsided gap and and really credit to the Texas Tech defense because what you saw on the scoreboard 
uh, I thought was not necessarily representative to at least the feeling I had as to how far apart these two teams were within the game. Every once in a while, you look up at the scoreboard and kind of remind yourself, well, you're, you're not out of this technically, and there's still time uh, left on the clock. But uh, all along, it just kind of felt like offensively when Texas Tech was out there, uh, you couldn't rub two nickels together. It didn't seem like there was any avenue for success. Nothing that Zach Kitley and company could come up with uh, to move the football or get into the end zone, obviously, on any consistent basis. You're having to hope for big plays defensively, maybe a big play uh, within the special teams game. But those things just essentially never came. Uh, one thing that we did see come early on and then continue to be that way often consistently Tim DeRuiter's defense, I thought was really enjoyable to watch. And we spoke last week on Locked on Texas Tech about the Red Raiders statistically having a defense so far this season, having a rush defense so far this season. And we asked whether or not it was to be believed. Um, I don't know that you sell out just yet in believing that, but I certainly will say that Texas Tech's defense is above average. I think it should be one of the uh, top three, four maybe in the Big 12 Conference, and uh, one that's going to keep you in games uh, more weeks than not. There may be some where it's just totally out of hand, but as I've alluded to over the last couple of weeks and really the last few years, uh, Texas Tech has been a team that has been led by their defense. Uh, sometimes that's because all the dudes, the dudes, have been on the defensive side of the football. Sometimes that's because the offense stunk. I remember going into years thinking, you know, Alan Bowman and company are not going to be the ones that are driving this ship. They may be in a good position and hopefully make a play in the fourth quarter to win a football game, but it's going to be the defense that is dictating the conversation for better or worse for Texas Tech. That was a few years back and still progressing into 2022. I feel the same way. I think it's going to be the defense that will dictate the conversation. And for the most part, as it relates to the Red Raiders in Raleigh, that's exactly what happened. Got put in bad spots over and over and over, but continued to fight, continued to make plays, and continued to give their offense chances, unfortunately chances uh, that they could not make good on. But I think really, as I alluded to earlier already here today, the uh, tenacity that we saw primarily from those on the defensive side of the football was awesome to witness. Tyreek Matthews was standing out and flashing all over the field, and I just thought you saw some general uh, terrific effort and impact from guys that uh, we've probably noticed before. Obviously, Tyree Wilson had a great game, I thought. Uh, Krishan Merriweather and uh, Rabbit and Pearson at various times, I thought, were really playing some tough football. So hopefully we see that continue and uh, they don't lose confidence or are not discouraged because I know how it can be from a defensive standpoint whenever you're not seeing that complimentary uh, type of impact on the other side. And it can be disheartening, but uh, is only – Week four that we're coming up on now, and it's the conference opener. And man, oh man, if you spend any time whatsoever feeling sorry for yourself here this week, you might be in for a world of hurt as the Longhorns roll into town uh, early on this week as five-point favorites at Jones Stadium. But uh, really like to see what we saw from Tim DeRuiter's group, and that has been, for the most part, the standard this season. So uh, believing even more so after another Good effort in that regard turned in and believing more so in general that Joey McGuire does have a football team that's going to really play hard and really play hard the entire time. So we hope that you'll be in some positions offensively, obviously, to take advantage of those kinds of things at some point in the future. But uh, only time will tell. And it, it certainly doesn't get you know any easier whatsoever with the Longhorns coming to town. But uh, I really thought defensively there were a whole lot to like. I didn't mention Malik Dunlap, the former North Carolina State player. Uh, who I thought probably had his best game as a Red Raider. He was just really incredible. You could see some individual 
uh, outstanding individual effort there from Malik Dunlap. And when you look statistically at some of this stuff, 5.1 to 4.4, the yards per play for Texas Tech compared to North Carolina State. Uh, just kind of hard to imagine that you could ask for much better uh, than that from your defense. 270 total yards for the Wolfpack, 159 through the year, 122 uh, adjusted for that sack yardage on the ground, 3.5 yard average. I mean, Devin Leary, for the most part, uh, made some good plays for his football team. Maybe even more importantly, didn't put his football team in many bad spots. But statistically, that, that's not what you're expecting out of that Wolfpack, Wolfpack offense uh, from week to week. And I would say they'll have some big days, much bigger than that within the ACC or the meat of the ACC schedule. But I just think you got to be really happy with what you're getting so far on the defensive side of the football. But uh, offensively, man, you got a whole lot to, to be concerned with and you got a whole lot to figure out. And I really am curious, and we'll find out this week, whether or not there might be a legitimate conversation surrounding your starting quarterback. Again, this time not due to injury, uh, but due to just, just a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> that we were seeing last time around. Unfortunately, the only fireworks was when uh, a takeaway was happening and the ball was going the other way. But I think much like a, a football game, uh, the season, you can apply this as well. You don't necessarily have to win the first half. You just got to survive it. Give yourself a chance down the stretch as you get into October and into November uh, to play some meaningful football games as it relates to your ability to get back to the postseason and get back to a bowl game. So we will see what those intangibles actually look like as we prepare for the response for Texas Tech as the University of Texas rolls into West Texas. We'll have it covered top to bottom and inside and out all week long with Chris Level on Locked On Texas Tech. It's your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network and can't wait to see you then. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us for the post-game report the morning after on Locked On Texas Tech.